Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Things are going to change. Things are going to change in the next couple weeks, and it's going to get a little crazy around here. We're already starting to see it. Lots of little people are going to invade our campus, and some people who've grown a lot over the last, oh, I don't know, 60 to 75 days. Kindergartners are going to get up and get at it and be first graders. Kids who ended in fifth grade are going to be on their way to middle school. Teachers are going to fill classrooms, and we are going to go, go, go. Last week was the last week at St. John's of summer, and we gave summer its due six weeks. It's kind of how we operate. We're replacing lights in the auditorium. We're cutting trees. We're cleaning classrooms. We're waxing floors. We're doing everything we can to get ready to welcome almost 900 students to our campus in about two and a half weeks. Not just us. We welcome Concordia University's leadership team on our campus for a retreat, partner school with them. This afternoon, those who work at Orange Lutheran and serve there will be on, on their way out to a retreat in Palm Desert. There's lots and lots going on. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod as the second largest educational system in the United States, second only to the Catholic system, and you house and lead and sponsor the single largest K-8 school in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. We take a big turn this week towards ministry to children. And we do a good job. We've done a good job this summer. Summer day camp's been full. We've had a great summer preschool. Served lots and lots of families by being a, a safe place and a, and, and a good place. And we've had so many people involved in care ministries and service ministries and opportunities to connect into our community. So many people engaged in so many valuable pieces throughout the summer. But we're ready to go to the next level. We're ready to migrate back to the, the pace of life that comes with the routine of school. And now many people begin to migrate back to the regular rhythms of life. Summer gives way to fall. Days of vacation and sleeping in give way to school and work schedules. And for some, much earlier mornings. And with that whole thing of school and, and, and those rhythms come two big decisions for everybody. Grandparents, aunts and uncles, everybody who has a stake in the life of a child has to think about the two driving questions that occur almost every morning. First and foremost, what is in my lunchbox? What is in there, mom? What are we having? And secondly, right along with that is, and what do we wear? What do we wear to school? I'm not sure what we're going to wear. What are we going to wear? What are we going to wear? The summer, you slam on your shorts, you put on your tank top, you head outside in your flip-flops. It's great, but you won't get away with that dress code with Dr. Hollins. When I was a kid, lunches were easy. You had a bologna or a peanut butter jelly sandwich. You had some sort of starch, and if it was a good week, you had Cheetos. Some piece of fruit, either a lumpy apple that had barely made it to school, an orange, a banana that was... Putrefying is a strong word, but 
growing blacker in my locker as the day got longer. And then something sweet to trade or eat with your friends. Twinkie, ding dong, something hostess was always good. Again, that would never spoil because God only knows what they're made out of. <laughs> it's different now. Kids don't have Twinkies. When I greet the kids on the sidewalk, I say, what will you trade me for a Twinkie? They go, what's a Twinkie? Now they take protein bars. And an old bruised apple gives way to a cutie or some cut up mango or papaya or something. But what you will send your kid with to school to eat is a huge decision. Except, of course, for Wednesday, which is pizza day, in which case everyone gets a handful of salad, a piece of pizza, and something cold to drink. What shall we eat? Or what do we wear? The clothing thing. Dads who usually drop off kids dress in business casual. You're good to go. Maybe a, a good Hawaiian shirt or a tucked in uh, Costco shirt for $17 and a nice pair of slacks. The guys look good. The ladies who work, they do the same piece. They're usually some sort of business casual. The moms who will drop off their kids and go back home. They've got Lululemons with Nikes and a scrunchie and the students don't have to worry about clothes. Students have to wear what the Germanic people Demand. You can choose between a blue shirt and a yellow shirt and a pair of shorts. And that's it. What do we eat? What do we wear? In our text today, Jesus turns to his disciples. And it's significant that the crowd is getting bigger. It's a bigger crowd of people. People are pushing in on Jesus and he's teaching them about the, 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 the way life is. And he's just gotten done saying, a person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And then Jesus comes with a powerful word when he says, therefore, therefore. Here's what this means. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. We live in a chronically anxious culture. We live among chronically anxious people. People seem to just be kind of simmering under the skin. The least little poke, the least little prod, the least little change set them off. Always in a hurry. Always so much focus on what's the next thing and what I need. Always running and going and doing and struggling to have a simple life, wishing for a simple life. But somehow our culture is unable to find a simple rhythm of life. And I think we hope sometimes that just in the changing of the calendar and the changing of seasons, that it'll all kind of self-sort and everything will be fine and this year will be different and we'll all just be mellow. I'm not so sure. We take some time and we move away from unstructured life to structured life. And the question is, are you ready? Followed very closely by what does that look like? Jesus leads his hearers that day and leads us this morning in a different direction and away from anxiety, at least anxiety about food and clothing. And in this passage, he gives 10 things to do, which I love, 10 imperatives in this little piece, and you can pick them out this afternoon or on your way home. 
because I'm just going to give you four on the way out the door. But Jesus puts down a pathway that leads us here and us away from anxiety and out of worry. Jesus reminds us that God cares about us. Not just this kind of weird, ethereal doves and clouds and harps and stuff. He cares about the nitty-gritty of what we eat and what we wear. Simple things of our lives He cares about. Not only does He care, but he, as He does with the birds and the flowers, but He provides. He provides through us through work and income, through prudent planning and industrious days. God provides for us. And for some of us today, the mindfulness of that is an aha moment. It's okay to nod your head with the preacher and say, Pastor, I've heard that a thousand times, but today I really needed to hear that. Not to be caught up in anxiety and worry about the simple things of life, but being able to sit in this beautiful place with beautiful music and a handsome pastor and just take our foot off the gas for a moment to not be anxious, to not worry, and to be reminded that God provides for the birds of the air, that He grows and tends the grass of the field, and that He will provide and tend us in our lives and in all the needs of life that we have. And then that marvelous question, and, 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 and I love this in the, the way Jesus said it, assumed an answer. He said, and how much more valuable are you than birds or grass? And the answer is much. You are much more valuable than birds and grass. So much valuable, more valuable are you than birds and grass that Jesus would rather live with you and die for you than live without you. The Lord Jesus provides not only food and clothing, but he also provides for us peace with God and peace for our soul. Breathe out the sin, breathe out the anxiety, breathe out the worry, and breathe in the peace of God. So convinced are we of the peace of God because of the cross of Christ. By what he gave, he provided salvation, forgiveness, redemption for you and me so that our anxiety can be laid at the foot of the cross and the burden across our soldiers to do, 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 to go, 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 to have, have, have can be laid down and we can say, Father, I trust you because you sent your son for me. Peace. Since the pandemic, I feel like all I ever preach on is peace. And maybe until I retire, I will keep preaching every Sunday on peace. Because the answer to chronic anxiety, worry, and fear is the transcendent peace of Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. Are you more valuable than grass? Are you more valuable than birds? You better believe it. You are the best thing God made, and you are the best thing that God redeemed. You are valuable.
Jesus says so. From the cross, he said, you are valuable. I like to think a lot about simpler times. I'm not sure that, you know, I don't want to trade my car that starts with a, a fob for a, a, a crank-up car in the front. And I, I don't expect that kids would want skateboards that go back to 1950 when you'd fall and break your teeth. You know, there, there's just some things that technology makes comfortable. But, but there are pieces of my life that I wish were a little simpler. And when I think about a simple life, I go back to my maternal grandpa in northern Wisconsin. I swear, when grandpa... In, in terms of clothing, I think he only had two outfits of clothes. Any self-respecting German male at that generation would never wear shorts. It just didn't happen. So he didn't wear shorts. It didn't work that way. He had blue dickies. And he had the pants that were blue and the shirt that was blue and a black belt and a t-shirt. And he wore that all day, every day. It didn't matter. You didn't have to worry about what rain spooner grandpa was going to wear to church because he only had one set of church clothes. He had a suit and a tie, and the tie he kept over a hanger folded, uh, neatly tied because he didn't want to tie it again. I said, Grandpa, how do you tie a tie? He says, I don't know. Grandma tied this one. I... Ask your grandmother. When Grandpa came home from work, whether it was the dead of winter or the middle of summer, he took off his long sleeve canvas dicky shirt, and he did his chores in his yard and all that stuff with long pants, work shoes, and a t-shirt. His church clothes were always put together beautifully, polished shoes, simple. Grandpa did not wake up and say, which one of my Tommy Bahama shirts am I going to wear today? A little bit like Fred Flintstone or George Jetson. I think he just had a closet that was filled with blue Dickies clothes next to his church clothes. Simple. Simple, right? And meals were simple for Grandpa. He only ate about four things. Some sort of pulverized or overcooked beef. A can of vegetables, usually wax beans or green beans. A piece of white bread to soak up whatever liquid was perhaps coming out of the meat. And then a potato. And then grandma would have cookies or pie or something. There was never the constant refrain of, well, what are we going to have for dinner, Mary? Grandpa only ate that meal and he ate that meal for 78 years. He only drank one kind of beer the absolute cheapest he could possibly get. <laughs> and he smoked cigarettes like a chimney. But he always got the cheapest he could get, camel cigarettes without a filter. Simple, right? Simple. The Lord Jesus in the next text calls us to a simpler way of thinking, but an elevated way of thinking as well. And for us to be mindful of that, for us to be mindful of God's provision and God's blessing, to be able to look in the mirror and say, you're darn right, I'm more valuable than a bird and I'm more valuable than grass. Absolutely. To be mindful of the reality that God provides to us brings a release of anxiety and worry and the presence of peace. 
If that is how God provides of the birds in the air and the grass of the field, will he not provide for you? To which the answer is, of course. Simple. Simple. Here's four simple things to think about as the calendar changes and we move into the fall. Regardless of whether or not you're involved in the rhythms of education, it, every, everything changes. And if you don't believe me, drive in on the 91 freeway the first day of school or drive down Chapman Avenue and look at the anxious people who are freaking out at two minutes to the bell. A couple of things to think about to alleviate anxiety. First and foremost, be mindful of your value. Positive self-talk. When you brush your teeth, if you brush your teeth, look in the mirror and look at yourself in the eyes and say, I am a valuable child of God. I am a valuable child of God. And be reminded of your value found in Jesus. Secondly, keep it simple. Jesus said in the text from last week, just before the text from today, life is more than accumulation of stuff. It's about being rich towards God. So keep life simple. Unwind all the complexities about what we have to have and what we got to do and how we got to keep up. Just keep it simple. My grandpa's way of life was not an affluent way of life. When they sold their home in 1988, they sold it for $18,000. My truck is worth twice that. But there was something beautiful about keeping life simple. Thirdly, seek first the kingdom of God. Gratitude. Gratitude in everything. Grateful for every little thing. Grateful for a Twinkie. Grateful for a mango. Grateful for a cutie. Grateful for a diaper. Grateful for a hair. Grateful for you name it. I'm grateful for it. Gratitude. Everything. Every piece of life warrants gratitude and simple stuff is the place to start I'm grateful that I got a hug from my grandson before he went to bed last night I'm grateful for my air conditioner grateful grateful for you grateful for our church grateful for that beautiful window grateful for the Schulteis boys grateful seeking first the kingdom is about looking past the anxiety and finding a sense of gratitude. And the simple stuff is where to start. Fourthly, let go of stuff. And the best way to let go of stuff is to give it away. Hold loosely to the things of the body and embrace the things of the spirit. Be generous with your income. Be generous with your stuff. Share. And be very generous with the things of encouragement and grace and love for other people that what you say and how you say it would alleviate anxiety rather than pump more pressure into the relationship. Be mindful of your value. Keep it simple. Seek first the kingdom of God and let go a little bit. We're making a big turn. And I pray that as we turn toward school and toward the fall, that in Christ Jesus we turn toward faith and receive a sense of peace.
and turn away from all the anxiety. After all, your value is measured in Jesus and in his great love for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.